You're listening to Mind Your Uterus Podcast by Safe to Choose. Greetings to you all and a warm welcome back to the Mind Your Uterus Podcast brought to you by Safe to Choose. Once again, I am your host, Marie, and today we're going to be discussing the power of media and how it really influences our conceptualization of abortions, not only the procedure and what it feels like to have it, but also the people who seek out these procedures and the negative impacts that this unilateral narrative propagated by media has on abortion accessibility. I don't think there's ever been a time greater than now where society has relied on certain media platforms to provide them with information as we navigate this pandemic that has forced us to redefine what normal is. But in being at home and getting information from very specific media platforms, you begin to realize that oftentimes there is one-dimensional narratives being pushed towards us about certain phenomena that's happening in society. So when it comes to abortion, which is obviously going to be our point of focus today, we often get a very simplistic idea of the person who seeks out an abortion, um, what the abortion procedure looks like. And what that does is it ends up propagating a lot of stigma because when people are seeking out the procedure, they have this very scary idea of what the procedure looks like. But because we also propagate a very simplistic Um, idea of the person who seeks out an abortion, then there's that internalized judgment that comes with choosing to make a decision to have an abortion. So today with Sneha, our guest, we're going to try and deconstruct this very unilateral narrative around abortions and really assess the mechanisms through media platforms that feed into this unilateral narrative surrounding abortions. In doing so, we hope to highlight the detrimental effects that this type of media propagation has on access to abortion and really the stigma and the socialized acceptability of this procedure overall. Sneha is a wonderful human being and she works in global communication, so she'll really be able to provide us with the insight that we need to understand how media works, its position in our lives, and the power that it yields, but moreover, the responsibility that people who create content on social media platforms have to the other people in their societies. So here we go. Today we have Sneha Ne joining us on this episode. Um, Sneha, if you could just give the audience a bit of an introduction about yourself, what you do and how you came about doing the work that you're doing. Hey, Marie. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Sneha Nair. Uh, I'm the comms lead at howtoseabortionpill.org. We're an online community um, and we work to share facts and resources on the abortion pill, uh, what to consider beforehand, where to acquire these pills, mm-hmm. how to use them safely, uh, you can visit our site at howtoseabortionpill.org mm-hmm. for more information. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for joining us today and for telling me exactly how to say your name. <laughs> it's always important that people know <laughs> how to do that. Um, was, was that subtle so, enough? <laughs> yeah, it was. Just, just enough. So <laughs> thank you very much. Now we all know and I know as well. The more you oh, know. No, no worries. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> 
Yeah, so um, today the episode, we're really trying to talk about this culture of stigma because in a lot of the conversations we've had around um, abortion accessibility, we have spoken about legislation and kind of this very physical thing that we have to combat, but there's also a lot of stigma that comes around. So I guess my first question for you is how you have observed media being used to kind of stifle the voices or the experiences of the marginalized people in the works that you have done. And this can mean a myriad of people who identify as marginalized but how have you found that their experiences or voices are stifled in the media um i've I've definitely noticed uh in in the traditional media sense which is sort of tv more mainstream magazines targeted towards Mm -hmm. women they they and this is sort of over the last decade i I definitely feel like they've lost opportunities to to speak truth to power i mean uh, i don't think they've been innocent you know considering uh, mm-hmm. that they have this enormous platform to inform the misinformed um and 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 to really use it to uh share different stories as opposed to this one one version of the same story over and over again um but 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 I have and and it's I I think we 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 can't deny that it's been damaging. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think in the the conversations I've had um, in interviewing people for this, but also in the work that I do, a lot that's come up is there's really a dominant narrative, especially when it comes to abortion. And that narrative really um, controls the way people perceive this procedure. And then we have this internalized stigma that comes as a, as a result of that. And a lot of the solutions that I've heard have come from calling for more diversity um, in the stories because I think in doing that then like you're saying we don't have this one hegemonic power kind of giving us the single story Um, but where do you think some of these harmful narratives that these you know powerful entities or people who control the narrative where do these narratives come from these harmful narratives um i mean you know i grew up in the 90s in in, in mumbai on like a staple diet of bollywood right? yeah. and, and bollywood is, is far from innocent mm-hmm. if we're talking about the, the culture of stigma and, and abortion stigma mm-hmm. uh, and i think it's been, it's, it's been a case of of um uh, you know sort of life mimics art and art mimics life so a lot of these narratives according to me stems from you know personal beliefs you know sort of uh, uh, plagued by this morality barrier and religious Mm -hmm. barrier that surrounds Mm -hmm. abortion Mm -hmm. Uh, it's also you know, catering to a larger belief system, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a movie, so if we're talking about from the lens of media, right, mm-hmm. uh, this X media will not sell or will not uh, garner views if it is, uh, you know, targeting this very small group of people uh, mm-hmm. that believe in abortion rights. Yeah. Small group of yeah. people from an Indian context, I'm, I'm referring to, you know, I, I don't see Bollywood movies. Uh, so there is a fear of, of being outsided, of, of a fear of being uh, sidelined um, uh, without fully understanding that um, th- th- there are ways of going about it without fearing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that, that take it up as a, as a social responsibility, but also understanding the kind of impact mm-hmm. uh, big media has on people and, and how much they can do to steer the conversation in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And I think to an extent, not in a way to justify, but I think it helps to understand where that really comes from. I think in general, we are such, in many ways, um, like India or like 
my home country it's such collectivist societies um and a lot of the times people have this fear of like this collectivist shame where it's if i do something that's out of the ordinary um then i'm not going to be received and for a lot of people in media you know when there's money and stuff involved it's no longer just like the shame aspect it's now like am i going to gross enough income from right. whatever project it is right. but like you're saying i think it's really important that we are we realize the power we have. Um, and I think when you have power, there's also responsibility, right? And at some point, it it, bec- it becomes bigger than us, bigger than what we are trying to achieve in this small project Correct. and kind of the context we're in and the importance of challenging some of these harmful notions um, that the media is really peddling and has been peddling for the longest time. But do you have any kind of notions that you think should replace these harmful ideas surrounding abortion that currently are mainstream in the media? Oh, I mean, the the dominant. I mean, it's, it's it's a plague of harmful notions that surrounds abortion. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. uh, the the two that come to my mind, uh, you know, from what I've seen growing up, uh, is is the notion that abortion is this dangerous surgery where you're bleeding on a hospital bed for hours mm. and you're in excruciating mm-hmm. pain and um, mm-hmm. it, the stigma is so profound that you are you, you're excommunicated by your community by your family there's a movie uh, just because I, I i cited bollywood's example maybe your listeners will, will agree there's a movie called kya kehna and she's uh, she's thrown out of her family from society. There are, uh, you know, sort of visuals of her walking down the streets, pregnant, crying, and no one's. Everyone's shutting their doors on her. You know, it's, mm. it's, uh, so it's 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 this notion that uh, abortion is this dangerous surgery, but it's also this notion mm-hmm. that a certain kind of woman has an abortion. Um, mm. And I say kind of woman in quotations. Uh, you know, you in terms of you know. It, it goes on the character of a woman very immediately. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and mm-hmm. and like we said, there is you know there's such an absence in the in the storytelling of who has an abortion because the truth is mm. all kinds of women, mothers, single exactly. women, women who identify mm-hmm. tra- trans, um, well, mm-hmm. and and all of their reasons are are, are valid. Uh, yeah so yeah i think these two notions come to mind in terms of you know the yeah Definitely, definitely. That is, it's one, first and foremost, abortion is seen as this very scary procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, medical and abortions. I think we, important. yeah, medical abortions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we work in this space, so we're kind of confronted with the, the truth a lot of the times, but I've often taken a step back and I've realized just the information that's out there, yeah, you would kind of be scared about it. So I think, yeah, you're right in saying that it needs, it also needs to be highlighted in a way that's not so daunting, but also one that doesn't play this character blame on the person who's seeking it. I read a quote the other day that said, um, despite legislation, um, rates of abortion are the same everywhere. And obviously we know that, but I think the way that was put together really brought to light the fact that, you know, abortions are having e- happening everywhere um, and different people are having them. And it's not like legislation in any way changes the decisions that people are making. And that just goes to show kind of the diversity in the strength and the diversity of people who are actually seeking these abortions. Because if there was no diversity, it would be legislation targeting a specific type of person and then they'd stop them from happening. But it's really a myriad of people who are having them. So 100%. But I think like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these notions 
also a, a lot of these notions are grounded in mm-hmm. fear in inducing exactly. some form of fear exactly. in, in people whether it's telling them that you're going to bleed to death or telling them that this is going to define you mm-hmm. uh, for the and you're going to be that girl or woman or person exactly. who had an abortion it's, yeah. it's, it's very rooted in fear almost yeah. always yeah and i think fear really relies on isolation and when there's not a diversity of stories then you think okay it's this certain type of person and then you attribute those characteristics to yourself and you think okay it's just me like i'm the only one doing this and then there's this fear of you know making the decision or going through with the procedure but i think the more we realize that it's really different types of people who are having this procedure done then that ability to isolate people is you know deconstructed and then that that fear that they're trying to harbor within people who are trying to seek this procedure um really breaks down so hopefully you know we can have more diverse stories but on that wave of kind of the fact that a lot of the times it's mainstream media right so it's this one hegemonic kind of source of information what are some other places where we ourselves can seek out alternative information around abortion and begin the work of dismantling kind of this internalized stigma built off of these harmful notions you know i think uh, praise be to the internet i mean while it's Mm. also uh you know <laughs> problematic in its own way I, I think it has really sort of uh, opened up the conversation and and we spoke about mainstream but there's you know with with all of these fantastic streaming platforms coming mm-hmm. in um, mm-hmm. and organizations that are, are are very digital forward and very digital uh, savvy uh, you have this new wave of information on abortion that is really targeting about on, on removing the stigma on removing the judgment and just feeding you uh, information that is credible that is accurate mm-hmm. in your language you know safe mm-hmm. to choose doesn't brilliant work how to use mm-hmm. um, you know with at least what I can confidently say with how to use is yes we've, we've we're very mindful of every social media post, whether it's you know a, a video or an image or a mm-hmm. long form video that we put on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very mindful about you know what are what are those complaints that we were talking about you know about different mm-hmm. stories. Let's just mm. let's just say a different story every time we talk about abortion, whether and and and, and include as many. Um, people so 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 more people resonate with this content you know and Mm -hmm. really by that talk about how common abortions are how normal abortions are um and 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 more of more more importantly use the word use the word abortion because when you use it you 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 take away the power that's had over us for so many years Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no 100 percent agree so there are the, the the internet I think I had a horrible relationship with it at one point but I think I'm I'm growing to realize that it's really a tool that can be used um, to get alternative information if you're actively seeking out this alternative information um, and I think it's always important to give the listeners just you know points where they can start getting that because I obviously have the privilege of working in the space and having access to these other forms of information but not everyone else knows where to get it so I don't know if you could tell us about some of the like projects that how to use does um, that have successfully been able to kind of shift the narrative or other ways in which you have seen the shifting of narratives be- being successful in the abortion landscape um, yeah I mean if, if you're a citizen on the internet you know one of th- one of the many things that you can do is a start following sexual uh, and reproductive right organizations online you know 
populate mm-hmm. your news feed mm-hmm. with um, information and keep yourself updated on what's happening around the world in terms of abortion rights. Uh, within the How to Use Lens, we've recently launched a WhatsApp number, a, uh, an abortion support hotline number. It's an international number um, and it's now available in French, Spanish and Hindi. We're, we're, we're working on expanding the language base, but um, it's basically your your safe space mm. to ask Ali mm, mm-hmm. any questions that you may have on abortion, where, where, uh, whether you, you want to know more about abortions in your country, mm-hmm. whether you're wondering how these abortion pills work, if you're curious to know about what happens after you take the abortion pills and how many days you need to take mm-hmm. off work mm-hmm. or school. Um, all of these questions can be answered in the comfort of your own sort of home mm-hmm. and with your phone. Yeah. Um, maybe we could like, uh, maybe we could mention the number, the WhatsApp number in the description. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and um, yeah, I think following more organizations, there are, mm. there are these m- micro online communities, you know, even with Safety Choose and social media, you know, you build and engage with other people, you get to tag friends on these posts and, and start normalizing conversations around, around abortion thanks to the internet. And yeah. that could be one actionable point, mm-hmm. like you said, yeah. um, in, in, in spreading the word. Yeah, it's really great that I think How to Use has created this platform that's a source for getting um, other information information that's not available I guess through mainstream Um, a conversation I had the other day with Mish who does kind of the SEO around the work that we do um, and her point was that um, a lot of the times you don't even know that the information we're getting has been filtered through so many, you know, algorithms and processes. So having something on WhatsApp is really, really helpful because it's a way for you to ask questions without being, you know, out there in the public eye if you're worried about those things. But it's also, Absolutely. you know, you can ask all these targeted questions that like maybe if you searched it up and you put in the wrong word, you know, there's people bidding for <laughs> having their right. post be the first one. So having something on WhatsApp is really great and i know in the context of zimbabwe but also just the work in southern africa um a lot of people do use the internet but it's like buying data right and it's so expensive sometimes but whatsapp is the constant um so whatsapp is something that you can access all the time so i know when you guys came up with that idea i was like yes because a lot of people when i do the work that i do have asked is there a whatsapp option is it whatsapp option because a lot of people use that so that's an amazing amazing opportunity for people to get other information and learn even if they're like people who don't like learning in the out in the open um it's a way to just learn you know in the comfort of your phone and garner that you know alternative narrative my next question was just going to be about some actionable points about how we can shift the narrative but i think you've kind of answered that in that just saying you know follow different um media um challenge yourself to you know look for alternative sources of information and things like that um but i think something that often comes up right when we're talking about trying to shift the narratives not only for ourselves but for other people is that it can be very isolating because like you said you know a lot of this information does exist within a larger context where it's not necessarily accepted and it's very easy and it's in no way to blame people but it's very easy to kind of just go with what the mainstream is doing because it's comfortable um, it's not challenging you know the very notion of who you are what your morals and principles are so how have you kind of tackled that in your work 
work? Have you experienced it? And how have you tackled kind of this isolation of working towards bettering yourself, which in turn will better your community? But, you know, just working through that. Um, I really like this question <laughs> because I, I, I really mm. do. And I, I think <laughs> the reason why I like it, because I, I, I do understand from just a, a human level how exhausting any form of activism can be um, or, or being part of mm-hmm. being... The, the, one person in a larger community who has a very strong belief and mm. then um, how mm-hmm. I have so yeah I have experienced it and, and, and one form or one way that I've worked around it is, is like I said I think you really need to build yourself a small community online uh, and 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 it's I mean if you if you think about the amount of hours we spend on our phone on our Instagram feed scrolling um, it, it, it I, I would say you know do do it do a cleanse mm. <laughs> and make sure that make sure that whether it's a digital cleanse and make sure that you're only digesting information that looks it like it puts your health first mm-hmm. you know to, to, and gives you information without any uh, without any you know agenda yeah yeah and 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 I think that that's one way that you can you can protect your sanity mm-hmm. uh, and also from a, from a personal perspective uh, point of view I, I, I feel like it is it's important for a lot of younger women to understand that it's it's not their responsibility to change somebody's opinion mm-hmm. uh, right to, to sort of burden themselves with you know sort of flipping somebody's opinion on abortion mm-hmm. as long as you're on the right path mm-hmm. and you're guiding your community to the right path or whether it's a friend who comes and tells you that you know there's been an incidence of unintended pregnancy that you uh, that, that you are a good abortion ally mm-hmm. and guide them to the right sources so it's not just information for yourself mm-hmm. but also equipping yourself with the information if somebody else needs mm-hmm. it yeah um so so yeah so that, that's that's what i would say but that's that's a valid point yeah. so even if it's recognizing that there is incredible isolation mm-hmm. in the work mm-hmm. i think there's there's power there as well yeah. which there is yeah definitely i think the community aspect has come up a lot and I think it's just really important to be able to do that. Not only in the literal sense of, okay, you have um, different people within your space maybe who are engaging and sharing resources with you. But I also think um, actively seeking out, like we're saying, alternative information and in a way tweaking the way the algorithm creates a community on your um, social media platforms. Because I know there was a bit of a like, you know, an uproar, I think at some point in this long, quarantine we've all been in where people realize just how much um for instance instagram was tweaking our algorithms based on how much what type of information we're searching up for and how long we were spending on specific posts and things like that so i think it's also just important to kind of create that type of community by also seeking out this alternative information and you'll find that you know in a way this community of information will start filtering itself through to to you as well so i think yeah that's very very important it is isolating but sometimes you know you it's, it's helpful to have people um around you um but i think another question that I, I would have is kind of if you've ever felt doubt about kind of the work that you're doing or the activism because i think 
sometimes you know obviously you know most of the times yes is what i'm fighting for and this is what's important and this is why it's important to me but sometimes it feels like you know you're getting information from so many different sources that are saying otherwise and sometimes the information comes from places where we would otherwise trust that information but when it comes to certain topics it's as if you know it's a different thing have you ever felt like doubt and how have you kind of combated that doubt in shifting your narrative because in many ways you're really shifting ideologies that you maybe have carried or at some point were projected onto you um that, that yeah no you, i have i had doubt i've definitely had had doubt and i think the the litmus test on on how i you know i, I sort of uh, digest mm-hmm. information whether it's for me is is, is does this source mm-hmm. um uh, recognize me in all of my mm-hmm. agency mm-hmm. and my yeah. autonomy yeah. you know there is uh, i mean again I, I i speak from the lens of mm-hmm. abortion rights you know when it, if you're reading an article and the article uh, doesn't put you first doesn't put your uh, doesn't put the fact that there is a choice mm-hmm. here but but makes it sound like an ultimatum or 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 tries to to you know sort of cloud mm-hmm. your judgment or your decision by adding certain yeah. you know moral mm-hmm. or religious factor um for me i think i i combat mm. that doubt by just asking you know does it it does it does it recognize me mm. as a human being because i have mm-hmm. a human right to choose whether i'm ready yeah. for this or not Uh, whether i'm economically mm-hmm. ready for this whether i'm mentally ready for this whether i'm emotionally ready for this um and uh, it, that i think that's one way in which you can you, it, what you can ask yourself and then and then see if that's for, if that piece of information or 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 topic is is for you or not yeah no i've i've never heard that one so aggressively takes notes but <laughs> i think that's really helpful um <laughs> because yeah sometimes um you don't know how to filter out certain information and i think sometimes certain um media platforms or certain people come with a certain um form of authority so you start thinking well okay i'm i'm not in a position to really contest this because i don't have this or i don't have that um i don't have this access to education or things like that but i think having that idea of does whatever information that's being provided to me place me as a human being is really pivotal in deciding what you're going to listen to and what's what you're not going to because i think that inherently any piece of information should really um champion you know the human existence in all its complexity um and should not you know dwindle it down to these very black and white boxes that we have to tick so on and so forth but kind of along the the lines of sometimes i think education right can really help or you feel a bit more empowered in your decisions and your ability to discern between what's a harmful narrative and what's not a harmful narrative via education um do you have any kind of platforms that you know or certain ways in which we can continue our education because i think you know you can definitely get your information online but sometimes you feel like you're hitting a plateau because you've read kind of all of these things so you're looking for something that challenges you even further and sometimes you know getting more education about abortion for instance um can be really powerful so i don't know if you could share some resources that you might have for continuing education in this bid to change the narrative around abortions we do how to use abortion bill uh, currently runs 3 Mm. courses uh that and these courses are free they are accessible to all uh and they're available in nine mm-hmm. languages uh there's a and and mm. what these courses are designed to do is basically fill the gaps within uh you know many of the medical training systems across the world where 
perhaps they haven't covered uh, they haven't covered abortion and medical abortions to the extent in which mm-hmm. we do mm-hmm. um, we have a course uh, designed for pharmacists we have a course designed for medical mm-hmm. students and we have a course designed for humanitarian aid mm-hmm. workers mm-hmm. and these course take you through uh, you know um, eight to nine lessons of what goes into uh, you know you know providing knowledge mm-hmm. basically that that could potentially shape their practice mm-hmm. and ensure that they are competent in providing medical abortion mm-hmm. pills um, and and how they can uh, prepare someone and how they can support women who seek uh, a medical abortion yeah. Very, very helpful resource. Um, I myself took the um, humanitarian lens one. And I think what I find is obviously mm-hmm. there these um, there's obviously the different brackets for it based on, and that will kind of determine the nature in which the information is being provided. But I would just encourage people to go and see what they look like, even if they may not fall into these categories, because I think there's much to be learned from that. Um, and, you know, you could just try it out and see how that's going. Um, and could you just tell me if like we can get certification could you tell us about that process because i think oftentimes you know when you're trying to shift narratives and things like that you people want to know that you know what you know so um you know can you can you walk me through that process of like certification through these how to use courses so you get upon completion of all of the lessons Mm -hmm. there's a quiz after each lesson that you take Mm -hmm. Um, so Mm -hmm. once you complete the entire course you get a certificate of completion that's basically a downloadable document that you can then Mm -hmm. attach to your cv or your cover letter or get a printout of Um, so 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 these are certified courses Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah so Certificate, yeah. And it's not like I have to have a certain degree of like education to be able to get the certification, correct? Um, these courses are tailored for pharmacists or medical students, but if you're just generally curious, uh, it, and like I said, mm-hmm. these courses are free. The registration is free. You could definitely mm. take the course uh, just to, uh, you know, sort of get to understand to your health better, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Very, very, very helpful. Um, I will always say, and people should go and try these out, but all of this stuff is going to be in the description box as well as the number for Ali. Um, all ways in which we can kind of educate ourselves and in doing so kind of shift the narratives and the information that's been filtered through to us whether that's consciously or subconsciously so thank you so much sneha i don't know if you have any um parting words for the listeners today um uh, thank you for having me and and thank you for listening to me Uh, i'd like to remind all of your listeners that you know support and information is available um we at how Mm -hmm. to use strive to uh you know help and if for, for any reason if you see any lacking information or you have something specific that you wish to ask us um, or, or if there's, a, you know, if, if you don't find our, la- our website in your language, we currently have 27 languages mm. in our arsenal, so you can translate our yeah. website. Uh, but, but, yeah. but if there's any gaps uh, that you uh, want to bring to our attention or there's any questions that you ask for us, please do reach out at info at howtoseabortionpill.org and mm-hmm. we will do our level best to either answer it or guide you to the right direction. Yeah, so you've heard it all from her um always you can there's lots of places where you can get more information again thank you so much neha for being here and having this conversation with me um to our listeners all the resources will be in the description and join us next week for another episode brought to you by safe to choose.org 
safetochoose.org supports women who need options on safe abortion from wherever they are. We offer multilingual online counseling and provide information on all our platforms to demystify safe abortion. And we connect women who want an abortion with pills or a surgical abortion with the right information and when needed, refer them to trusted, trained and pro-choice healthcare providers. We work with medical doctors and experts in the field of public health to give women the best support and care to enable them to make the best decision for themselves. Do you know what it takes to have great sex? It's simple, contraceptives. Visit findmymethod.org to learn how you can protect yourself during sex because safe sex is the best sex. How to Use is an online resource that aims to equip you with the information needed to safely navigate medical abortions. Here are four reasons why I think you should visit our website today. You can translate the site into 27 languages. You can travel across 49 country profiles to better understand their abortion laws and process. We offer free certified online courses on medical abortions. And you can chat with Ali, the abortion support chatbot who's available 24-7 to answer all your questions.